Hello, hello! Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. If you are new here, welcome. I am your librarian, Katrina, and this is where I am reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me, and then I give you a quick synopsis to tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, and let me know what you think in the comments. Rounding out our month on survival and preparing for the worst, this week's book of the week is The Survivor's Club, The Secrets and Science That Could Save Your Life by Ben Sherwood. The accompanying cocktail is called Survivor. It is one and a half ounces of white rum, a quarter ounce cream de cocoa, one ounce of pineapple juice, a quarter ounce of lime juice. So let's do this. So author Ben Sherwood wrote this book after studying people who had survived some of the most horrific incidents known to man. He interviewed people who, please, puppies, can you be quiet? Just in the inside wrestling voices. He interviewed people who survived plane crashes, mountain lion attack, ejecting from a fighter plane at low altitude, falling off a cruise ship, acid attacks, having knitting needles pierce their hearts, the Holocaust. I mean, if there is a example of somebody surviving something completely dreadful, he probably found them and interviewed them for this book. All of this was done to determine how they did it. How did these people manage to survive when so many others so all of this was done to determine how they did it. How did these people manage to survive when so many others would have died or in some cases did die? And there was quite a bit of crossover in what Sherwood reported and what we learned from Mike Glover in Prepared a few weeks ago. Prepared a few weeks ago. And several recurring themes included the resilience. Oh, husband, no, you can't go work on other things. You have to stay here until I'm done recording because our dogs are idiots. Cream de coco. Uh, several reoccurring themes included the resilience mindset, exposure to stress as a method of prep work, situational awareness, and getting off the X. I mean, Sherwood doesn't call it that. He just calls you know, move, don't freeze, don't be a statue, because apparently that freeze is a lot more common. And, and well, okay, so Mike Glover covered that, but it's just reinforced in this book that freeze is a very common reaction to stress, fear, and bad situations. Sherwood also includes some other factors though, like having community or of family and friends to help pull you back from the brink, religious faith, the belief that God has a higher purpose for you. These were also things that helped people survive horrible, horrifying things. Oh good, the tide of puppydom has receded. Now Sherwood believes that everyone is a survivor. Everyone has that capacity to reach deep and make it through a crucible to the other side, you know, cross the Rubicon and live. But in addition, Sherwood also examines who doesn't survive. And it's not just the obvious, right? Like the, the plane crash and the person died on impact. That, that's an obvious thing as somebody who didn't survive. He relates a story of a ferry crash in the North Sea where one of the survivors reports seeing people frozen and unable to move on deck. Turns out you can study the freeze effect if you're Johnny on the spot when a catastrophe happens. Of uh, 989 people on board the Estonia when it sank, 852 died because they just, they froze. They didn't know what to do. They lost faith in their own ability to survive. Let's shake this up. He discusses the 10-80-10 theory, which basically says 10% uh, of people in a live or die situation will handle a crisis call in a calm and rational way. They just, it's, it's like they know what to do and this ups their chance of survival considerably, obviously. 80% of us are gonna freeze initially because that freeze is such a common reaction. And this is, where the theme of getting off the X makes a big difference between life and death. The quicker you can break yourself out of that freeze mindset, the better your chances are. 80% of us fall into that category. I just want to reiterate that number because most people think I would 
be immediately able to move and know exactly what to do, and statistically, you wouldn't. Practice getting off the X. The remaining 10% do the exact wrong thing. This can include the ones who go full freak out, who are unable to break the freeze. Something Sometimes they just can't believe an emergency is happening, and they just keep going about their situation. He, he mentions the King's Cross fire in 89, which is a massive underground railway fire in London where like 30 people died. And a good chunk of those were people who were literally unaware, like they, their brains couldn't process this massive fire was going on and they just kept going about their day. Uh, he covers the best way to up your chances of survival, uh, being able to break the freeze, obviously, so the high up there and being able to move in case of an emergency. And a lot of it is really simple stuff. Little, little things you can do to make sure that if an emergency happens, you are in fact ready for it. So for example, when you're flying, don't drink. Mm. Mm. I had high hopes because I had chocolate in it, but this isn't, this isn't awesome. It's drinkable, but it's not awesome. Okay, so don't, don't drink if you're flying. Don't be drunk because, well, if you're drunk, you're not exactly ready to move in an emergency situation, are you? Read the flight safety card and plan your exit. For the love of God, if your plane goes down, leave everything behind. Apparently an alarming number of people die when their purse or bag gets caught up on plane hardware as they try to escape. And your stuff can be replaced. You can't. Neither can the people who are behind you who are now stuck because your dumb ass is struggling with luggage. The plane goes down, just leave it there, man. If they find your wallet, they'll get you your ID back. If you're on a boat, same thing. Pay attention to emergency procedures. If you're on a bus or a train, make sure you know the closest exit in case of accident. When staying in a hotel, take a minute to study the mandated escape map that's on the back of literally every hotel room door in the country. And I think in the world. It's been a while since I traveled overseas, but I'm pretty sure in Norway they also had escape routes like here. Your room is here. You're going to want to go out and make a right and down the stairs. Make sure you know these things. Study them. Not just the most obvious exit, going back to Mike Glover's pace example, you have your primary, your alternate, a contingency, and an emergency escape route. You need to have these things planned out and ready to go. Now, when this book was initially released in 2009, there was a website and a quiz you could take to determine your survival profile. And it's been 14 years since this book was released. That website is now defunct. But the results of the quiz, i.e. the profiles, are included in the book. So he broke it down into five types, the fighter, the believer, the connector, the thinker, and the realist. And the types are more or less exactly what they sound like. Some people survive by fighting and never quitting. Some people survive through their supreme faith in a higher power. Some survive through their connections to friends and family here on earth. Some survive by supreme reason and thinking their way through with extreme focus and turning that focus into action. And some survive through recognizing the curveballs that life throws at them and adjusting on the fly to what reality actually is. Right? They don't live in a fantasy land. They know what is actually going on. Now, on top of the primary survivor type, we each have a survival toolkit that pulls on several strengths, which Sherwood identified over the course of the book, but summed up in part two. Uh, the top strengths are adaptability, resilience, faith, hope, purpose, tenacity, love, empathy, intelligence, ingenuity, flow, and instinct. So, and it's usually a combination of these traits that helps somebody pull through. It's not just that they have supreme faith in God. They also have to fight for it, for example. So let's take a look at each of these. So adaptability is, is actually one of the most misunderstood survival traits. People always say Darwin's theory was survival of the fittest, and that's actually not 
true. Like so many sayings over the centuries, it got cut down so that it lost its original meaning. Darwin's theory was not survival of the fittest. So survival, uh, Darwin's theory was, and this is a direct quote, in the struggle for survival, the fittest went out at the expense of their rivals because they succeed in adapting themselves to their environment. Being able to adjust on the fly to an emerging situation is a sign of adaptability. Resilience, you bend rather than break. When life tries to knock you down, you get back up again and again and again. You just, you don't stay down. That's resilience. Uh, faith, that's that God connection. The, the key is an absolute belief that God, whoever that may be for you, has a purpose for you and that your purpose isn't done yet. Um, generally speaking, those who use faith to pull them through have faith in a loving and benign God. There's no word on if, you know, the Old Testament believers had that faith in God, but yeah, if, if you have belief in a higher power who's loving and kind and wants you here, that helps. Uh, hope. Hope can see you through some of the darkest times, the belief that everything will turn out for the best, and that's more than just optimism, uh, which blind optimism can actually turn against you in a survival situation. And like when he interviewed like prisoner of war uh, survivors, camp survivors from like the Hanoi Hilton and through Iraq, they almost universally reported that people who were blindly optimistic that tomorrow it would end, tomorrow it would end, that continually crushed hope is what did them in ultimately Tell me something good. going the blind optimism what he discovered when interviewing survivors of like the hanoi hilton and iraqi prisoner of war camps is that people who had blind optimism that you know tomorrow it's all going to end tomorrow it's all going to end realized that tomorrow is never going to come or this idea eventually sunk in because tomorrow never did and they gave up and perished so Blind optimism is not a good thing, but hope that there is a future that can get you through. Uh, purpose, striving towards your goals have, with a sense of duty and conviction. Sometimes that purpose can just be to keep swimming. Like the guy who literally fell off a cruise ship and swam for 17 hours. That's a long damn time to tread water, but he had a purpose. He, he, his purpose, you know, he, and, and faith, he believed God wasn't done with him and he just kept swimming, man. Tenacity, stubbornness, persistence and determination to just keep going. Love of family, of friends, of life. Sometimes love is the strongest power. Empathy, sometimes what keeps you going is helping others to keep on keeping on. And there were, like he, that was something that came out when he was interviewing the survivors of the Holocaust. You know, you, you keep, keep on going to help others. That can be a big motivator. Intelligence, the ability to reason out a situation and see a logical path forward. Ingenuity, uh, basically MacGyver, innovation and invention to just kind of hack your way into a solution. I, that's probably not my strong suit. I don't know, maybe it is. Uh, flow is almost like resilience, except it's a bit more like, buoyant, like, literally buoyant. Rather than bouncing back from adversity, the ability to flow with it means you see the adversity and you remain confident you'll make it through even as you're sinking that you just flow with the situation then instinct and intuition you don't have to think it through getting off the x is your strong suit you trust your gut and your gut is rarely wrong it's interesting that during this description sherwood actually quotes gavin debacker's gift of fear which i read last week right but more than any of the above how you can survive is to break any situation down into bite-sized chunks first see your exit next get there
And that's the big one, right? Especially if, if you're more than five rows back from, a, from an emergency exit in a plane, you want to be within five rows of an exit. That, that was one thing I definitely remember. You want to be within five rows of an exit. Then you escape. Or as Glover says, set your pace, right? Know your primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency action plans. And uh, at the end of it all, sometimes it really does just come down to luck. Luck that the passenger next to you died when you didn't. Luck that you were one row behind the emergency exit. Luck that you decided to sleep on the deck rather than in a cabin below decks. That's how the survivor from the Estonia managed. He was slightly claustrophobic. He didn't want to sleep below decks. He didn't, he didn't want to pay the money. He didn't want to sleep below decks. So he was on deck when the ship started going down. And this book was oddly inspiring. I mean, it was dark. Don't get me wrong. These he drags you through some genuinely horrific situations that people survived. But the fact that they did survive is inspiring. And, it, you know, it does make you think, am I somebody who could do that? And Sherwood believes yes. He believes anybody has that capacity to pull through. I'm glad I ended on this note because it, it's good to have that inspiration, to, to, to have that belief and faith that even if things do go to absolute shit, we could all survive it. I think that's a fair statement. I think most of us will survive whatever coming catastrophe the government is sending to us. And I have every, or the media, I should say, is sending to us. That's it for this week. Kind of a short one, but if you liked what you saw, don't forget to subscribe. And I will see you guys next Sunday when we pause from all of this and go into President William Howard Taft. Bye. Will you please not f each other in the background?